0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, about 13 or so minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for the development and growth and strengthening of our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. So help people in your life get into God's Word and grow stronger in their faith by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but you may help somebody turn their life around, come closer to God, and even get to heaven. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. I want us to begin a new line of thought and study today, and this is something that I think is really very basic. I I want to talk about how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Now, I know that a lot of times when we're talking about God's Word, when we're studying it, when we're preaching, when we're teaching, we, we focus upon the blessings, certainly, but we also focus upon the negatives. And, and some people say, well, you know, preaching is just too negative. Teaching is just too negative. That church is just too negative. Well, go back and, and read the original Ten Commandments and see how many of those are strictly positive, and how many of those are speaking from the negative perspective, might open your eyes. Negative teaching is part of teaching the truth. And we, we use negative teaching when we're raising our children. So you might say, well, what are you talking about? Uh, you tell them to not stick their finger in the light socket, to not touch a hot stove, to not draw you know, with crayons on the walls of their bedroom right? See, a lot of negative teaching goes into teaching people truthful things. So we need to understand that. But I want us to to really focus on, on from a really positive perspective how wonderful it is to be a Christian. People express how wonderful it is to possess certain unique identities. You'll, you'll find people who are really proud to be a member of one family or another. They're really proud of their family name. I I believe it's attributed to Abraham Lincoln, where he said, you know, don't just be proud of your name, but have your name proud of you. In other words, don't just be proud of your family name, but live in such a way that your family will be proud of you. Well, people are, are you know, they think it's wonderful to be a member of such and such family. And and I think that's admirable. But also they'll look at other unique identities, such as to be a member of a particular nation. And I think we should really be proud in a godly way of being citizens of the United States of America or in whatever nation we might be a citizen, that would be a natural, a natural feeling of specialness when it comes to being, bearing that particular identity. But also, I mean, there are people who are proud. They really find you know, a wonderful feeling uh, you know, of, of being special because they're, they're a citizen of, of a particular state or maybe a city. Or maybe they have attended a particular high school or college. Or maybe they're an employee at a particular company. Or maybe they're, they're members or have been at least of a branch of military service. And the list could go on and on and on. But you understand what I'm saying there. And, and I think all of these are understandable, and we can, you know, nod our head yes. Yeah, I can understand. You You think it's wonderful to possess that particular unique identity, a family name, a nation, citizen of a nation, or a state, or a city, or somebody who's an alumni of, uh, or, or an alumnus of, of a particular school, or a, an employee, a worker, a, a, you know, a partner at a particular company, or you have been part of a of a branch of the military service, maybe Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, whatever it might be. And and again, the list can go on and on and on. Now, but I want to talk to you, and I want this particular line of thought and study to focus on the greatest of all identities. It goes far beyond the name that we wear as we're born into a particular family or the citizenship that we enjoy being born into a particular nation or maybe being naturalized as a citizen into another nation to which we might move, or being you know, a citizen of a particular state or having lived all of our lives in a particular city, being an alumnus of a, of a school or being a member of a particular company that we really take pride in or having been a part of or maybe still are a part of a branch of military service, this identity goes far beyond all of that. And that is how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Now, you know, many people, they they don't want to be a part of a church. They don't want to have a formal identity as being a member of a particular church because they think, yeah, that's just so rules-oriented, it's just a whole lot of thou shalt nots, you know, and, and just, you know, all, all kinds of things like that. But they probably have not really given themselves the opportunity to fully understand what that membership really means, and especially when, it, when it's talking about Christianity. What does it mean to be a Christian? How, what are the blessings of being a Christian? And a lot of people, and I've said this for many, many years, uh, decades, and maybe even decades and decades. I don't see how people. I don't understand how people make it in life, how they deal with life every day and year in and year out without God in their lives, or we could broaden that, say, without Jesus in their lives. How what a what a blessing it is! How wonderful it is to be a Christian. But when somebody just distances themselves from Christianity, and the church is part of Christianity, in fact, it's central to Christianity, they're missing out. They're not experiencing it, and they really don't know what they're missing. But a whole lot of people are going around groping for something, and they're not finding whatever it is that that, that needs to fill that hole in their lives because they've distanced themselves from the church that Jesus came to this earth to establish on this earth. Now, think about blessings that go with being a Christian. Well, one, we would quickly focus on. We said, well, yeah, yeah, being a Christian, being a member of the Lord's church, you're talking about being forgiven, being freed from the guilt of our sins. In fact, on Pentecost, when the church came into existence, Acts chapter 2, Peter his his sermon was highlighted in that particular second chapter of Acts, that text, and you talk about a blistering sermon, and he was really challenging those Jewish men, and there were thousands of them gathered there at that particular time and that in that in that particular place, there in the city of Jerusalem, because it was it was Pentecost and that was a major Jewish feast day or holy day. And so he was really Preaching a scathing sermon. You have crucified the Son of God. You have sent to the cross your Savior. You rejected your Savior sent from heaven to this earth, the one that you should have been expecting and looking for and being prepared to receive because of all the Old Testament prophecies that you know and you still rejected Him. You still did not believe in Him. He performed signs and wonders and miracles in your presence. And you still rejected him. And then in verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, Jesus, uh, Peter said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, in other words, all of you gathered here today, that God has made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. The fact that you did not believe him, the fact that you would not follow him, the fact that you contributed to his being crucified on that cross did not change who he is. He is your Lord and Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. That's from God. Well, many of them wanted to know, what shall we do? In verse 37, and Peter responded, repent. You've got to believe in him. You've got to follow him. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so quickly, somebody would say, well, yeah, one, one of the blessings of, of, of being a Christian, of being in the Lord's church, is forgiveness, redemption, salvation. In Acts chapter 22, in verse 16, you talk a man who had to make a 180-degree change in his life, that was Saul of Tarsus before he became a Christian. After becoming a Christian, He was divinely appointed as an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he became known as the Apostle Paul. But he really needed to change his life. And so Jesus sent a Christian man, Ananias, to teach him the gospel. And when he did that, he asked Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. That's important we need forgiveness. We need to be cleansed of the guilt of our sins. And you know, a whole lot of people are, again, muddling through their life, knowing that they're doing wrong, that they're being sinful, but they keep resisting the answer to their sin. And that's coming to Jesus Christ, being baptized into him for the remission of their sins, so that their sins can be washed away by the blood that he shed on the cross. And that's what Ananias was telling Saul, you need to be cleansed, And that happens as you're baptized into Christ. The blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. In Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, the apostle Paul later wrote this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that is with Jesus, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin." Have you ever carried around with you some weight of guilt, knowing that you did something that was really bad, and but you're still carrying the guilt? Well, think about all the sins that you have ever committed. And let me tell you, you can't even count them all. I can't count all of the ones I've committed. But imagine whatever that guilt is, that weight of guilt that you're carrying around like an anvil on your shoulder think about if you could remove it. Think about that freedom, that lightness, so to speak, of having all of that guilt, the weight of that guilt removed from you, even from your conscience. That's what forgiveness is as you come into Christ, baptized into him. As you come to the Lord, as you become a Christian, all of that guilt is gone. That's one of the most profound and upfront blessings of being a Christian. We'll look further next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be freed from the guilt of our sins, to be forgiven in Christ, to be baptized for the remission of our sins. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us always and hear a prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.